You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the 1-5 Glow Pairing and learning about harmonic groups. We are actually talking with Brittany Thomas from Enneagram Explained as she tells us about her 1-5 marriage, and she is so gifted with helping us to work through conflicts with the unique angle of the harmonic groups. You might have heard of harmony groups. You might have heard of harmonic groups. There are two different parts of the Enneagram, and we're going back to the rule of three that we always have these sets of three in our Enneagram work, whether it be triads, centers of intelligence. We just love our groups of three work. We love to balance out our subtypes, our instinctual variants, because this is a balanced life, right? If we're leaning super far into any one type or any one area, we get in trouble. So we're always learning from each other, taking in new sensory information, and really finding the best ways together. So this is what I'm super excited about, because obviously with marriage, communication and conflict are two of the biggest things I ever hear about. I know many of you have probably looked at conflict and security through the lenses before we did our Enneagram work of attachment styles and withdrawing attachment and secure attachment and anxious attachment. And that is amazing. And I think that's very important. And I would never want to lose out on all we've learned about trauma and how we can support one another. Always connection before correction. But what we really need to understand is we all have come to coping with stress and trauma in different ways. And what I love about Brittany is that she explains for us how this is done, generally speaking, with various personality types. So it's so nice to be able to say, okay, I'm a one, I'm in this group, this is how I deal with conflict. And then you can do your own investigative work as to the why you think that you developed in that way. And it might have been just personality, it might have been trauma-based, but either way, you feel most secure when you do this style. So the biggest thing is going to be showing love and attention to each other and trying to balance out with your two styles where you both feel the safest and remembering that your style of feeling safe is going to be very nuanced to you and your partner is going to be exactly the same way. So keep all of that in mind as she talks about the harmonic groups and as you find yourself, you can also be thinking about it in terms of trauma, attachment style, but let's add this on so that we can even get a little more nuanced and a little less diagnostic-y with a spouse who gets offended with that kind of language. It's a little easier to say, uh, you know, this is something that we see as because I'm a four and you're an eight versus I think you're bipolar. I've mentioned this a few times. Bipolar people tend to do this. It doesn't mean there's not another conversation for that, but when you're talking about conflict and you're already escalating, it's nice to be able to say, what's the language that's going to get through the walls, through the barriers of shame? So let's look at this with Brittany together. And of course, before that, I can't wait for you to hear about her couple glow so you can really get to understand what she and her spouse are like. And I hope you can not just take a peek in at her life. I know we love to investigate on this podcast, but also a peek into your own marriage and just being able to see what are our strengths, what are our areas for growth 
and exploring your glow together too. So that should be fun. And then of course, don't forget to sign up if you want to do more couples work with me and talk a little bit more closely about attachment, a little bit more closely about the dynamics of couples work. There's a huge harvest for that. We know with the COVID divorces this year. So please make sure to sign up at enneagramandmarriage.com if you're thinking about working with a couple. And let's dig right on in to getting to hear from Brittany at Enneagram Explained. If you're snoozing, come back to me. It is time to get into your glow. Hi, guys. I am so happy to have Brittany from Enneagram Explained with me. Hi, Brittany. Hi. She is a busy woman, and I know she's going to tell us all about herself, but you feel so special when you get invited into a one five glow for a little bit, because this is an exclusive pairing, as we will soon <laughs> talk about. They are classically brilliant together. And even as Brittany and I talk, I see her gorgeous classical book array behind her. So I am just like, wowed, And I am so grateful. And Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So like you alluded to, I am a one or a one wing to be a little bit more specific. And I am married to a wonderful type five husband. He is a pastor in Seattle, mm-hmm. which is obviously very interesting. And it's very interesting as a one because yeah. Seattle is not quite traditional in the sense of a one <laughs> would like. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so that's always been interesting. It's been very growing, which is a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. And the uh, reason he's actually not here is mm-hmm. because he is hurting our children out the house so that you guys can actually hear this podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, okay. You would expect a one in a five parent team. Our kids are actually very well behaved and we can, you know, keep the tones down because my five husband needs quiet and I need quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're actually very well behaved, but for the sake of podcast and absolute silence, we should them out. We have five of them. So five kids, there's just a lot of noise. That's amazing. (laughs) And you look like you might not even have one kid. I cannot believe you have five kids. You are so blessed woman. We started very young. So, you know, we had all five and I'm only 36 now. So we're done and we're still super young. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. I'm so happy for you. What a blessing. And thank you for giving us your full attention. We are so grateful because (laughs) she is teaching us all about how to work through our conflicts and with our harmonic groups. So I can't wait for you to tell us about that, but I love hearing that you're in Seattle. I love that it challenges you as a one. And I think that you're right. That is a beautiful place that God has you guys and you're homeschooling out there. And how's that going? I know everyone in Seattle is still homeschooling, but you are a homeschooler, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I'm a second gen homeschooler. So I was homeschooled and then brought that into the marriage. I was almost like one of my prerequisites is that I needed this to happen. Thankfully my husband was on board. So yeah, I, I, we've been homeschooling. My oldest is 14. My youngest is five. So they're all being homeschooled now. You know, we've been doing it long enough that it's a a well-oiled machine and it's all, all going good. A little bit more nerve wracking as the oldest one is in high school and we have to start yes. thinking about graduating in college and stuff like that. Oh. Um, that's new, scary. I need to get it right. One territory. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're like, but I love that you are working hard for that. Cause it's going to pay off. When I talk to ones in my community about these levels, they're really doing their work to find out what's important. So I know you're doing that work. I know it's scary. I'm right there with you with my 15 year old. And so we're doing this together. And I love that I met you, Brittany on Instagram and some people you do meet across the world or country through social media. So we're good examples of friends who met like that. 
Yes. Yeah. I love it. This is a well overdue talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We use words, but we're always writing. So this is a beautiful yes. thing. And I also wanted to ask you how you and your hubby met, you and Justin. <laughs> we met technically at Bible college. Mm-hmm. We, we like to get out of the stereotype ring by spring MRS degree by saying we met during the summer break while we were working at Bible college, (laughs) Uh, but we were still, you know, still very much the statistic. Um, So yeah, we, we met over, over break. I was completely clueless that he was into me and more serious about things. And I originally was not into him at all. He was not my type. Um, Thankfully pursued that enough, I guess he's got, you know, he's a five, but he, to dig into tri types a little bit, he's a five, eight, three. And so the eight actually really helps a lot in that department. So he was a little bit more initiative on that end. And so we did things in a very oddly Christian, maybe oddly one way of, you know, we decided we would pray about dating for a, for a month before we started dating, which of course did not last the full month. (laughs) Um, We started dating, but it was, so you are human. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, it's Bible college. We were trying to be super spiritual, but it just doesn't last very long when you see each other every single day. Um, (laughs) But uh, it was with the upfront understanding that if we're dating, we will be getting married. You know, I mean, Mm. unless something crazy came up while we were dating, but it was with the, this is the purpose of our dating is to get married. And so we, we dated did long distance dating and got married within a year, I think of meeting each other. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. And you're not the first one five pairing that I've heard that from. So it's (laughs) almost cookie cutter scary with some of the other one. (laughs) <laughs> but it's beautiful because there's such an intentionality with that one five pairing of yes. saying like, I like you, let's be direct about yeah. this. And then I love how yeah. you said your hubby has the five, eight, three. So there's even more directness with him. So he was able yeah. to get through more, even the walls. Yeah. Much more direct in the steps and plans. Very much more delayed. You know, I said, I love you way before he did. And he was Uh super extra cautious with that between just the feelings and not wanting to make the same mistakes he had in the past and stuff. And so even that, like he was much more assertive than maybe some fives would be, but he still, the feelings were very five-ish. Oh, that's really cool. And I love that you're helping fives listening or those married to fives to know like, yeah, the, the eight and the three make him a little different, but he's still very five. And so you do deal with those typical issues, which is, you know, we're going to really step into in a minute, but thank you for sharing your fun story. What do you think really attracted you to him first? Uh, you know, I think being in the Bible college, the little bubble, mm-hmm. um, it was probably just the, this is going to sound like a very stereotypical answer, but just the intellect side of things yeah. or even the wisdom. It's not like he comes off as this super nerdy brainy guy, but, mm-hmm. but he knows and he really digs and finds, you know, the answers if he doesn't have them naturally. And so I, I just love that because it kind of feeds into my wanting to be right. And so mm-hmm. we can really kind of like hone each other and sharpen each other. (laughs) Yeah. And that is funny that you say that because I noticed that with a lot of fives is they come off very unassuming. And then there's this well underneath a resource that isn't always seen and they're not always pegged as being super intellectual. But then when you get to know it, you're like, whoa, you are super intelligent. So I love that you saw that, that you dug for it a little bit. And there it was. 
And tell us a little bit about your one five glow. Cause you're telling us there's some nuances to this pairing. There, there is. I mean, you know, I, I read over your one five glow PDF. Mm. I, I actually loved how that was put out. I was, I was very happy to read through it. Uh, but yeah, like you, you used all these words like logical and hardworking and precise. We keep things in moderation, you know, outside of when we're stressed, then things kind of go a little bit on the splurgy side, but overall we're moderate people. Um, Mm -hmm. and even just the advice giver side of things. I mean, you, you Mm -hmm. title us classically brilliant, which I think totally fits my husband. I think. I, as a one, feel like there's no way I'm that brilliant to deserve that title, but oh, no, you guys are just beaming bright together. Absolutely. You deserve yeah. it. It's a, it, it is a very well-fitting glow title though. Um, but uh, yeah, the, just the, the wisdom side of things and the logical side of things, I, I joke all the time and people don't understand it. I think, cause we're both very not feely types. Mm -hmm. And so they don't understand when I explain that we, we have dialogues about issues or problems that we're working through and stuff like two consulting doctors, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, we're comparing notes and we're, you're taking a walk and trying to analyze things. And people are like, that seems odd. There's no, I mean, there's feelings there, of course, but they're not like you would accept most couples. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're way down there. We're trying to deal with the problem, yeah. but it really comes through, you know, when we're trying to help others, which you kind of brought out about being the advice givers. Obviously my husband does it, you know, from the pulpit, but often obviously in counseling sessions and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I do it through my Enneagram work. And then since I'm a mom, I help moms either, you know, with parenting tips or homeschooling their kids. And then occasionally we get to team up together And usually it's pre-marriage counseling or marriage counseling. And he'll bring the biblical side of things and I'll bring the Enneagram side of things. And that's just really fun because, you know, we can both see each other's best like teaching traits. Like I I love him being able to see all the like cool Enneagram things I can bring to the table Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. see him in work because I'll hear his bits and pieces, but I rarely get to actually see him in that kind of personal work anyways, that you would get in a counseling session. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Ooh, that is a lot of fun. I love hearing how you guys keep your emotions at bay so you can work things out logically. And I love that you respect each other. That's a word that keeps coming Mm -hmm. to my mind when I think about your pairing is there's a lot of respect for how you manage and solve problems because on your husband's side, being a five, he doesn't want to be overwhelmed by emotion and feel like you can't give him a break off emotion. And then you're probably feeling like, okay, good that he's not going to get overly emotional when I logically ask him to do something better. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's definitely a long term learning curve that we're still Mm -hmm. like fine tuning, you know, even just as the one, you know, I can come off as critical, Mm -hmm. um, especially if it's, his personal area as a five where he should be competent and is competent. Like, you know, if it, I talk about church stuff, mm-hmm. it can come off as this long list of critical things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's having to learn that I'm not just making this horrible evil list of these are all the areas you're ruining everything. It's, yeah. these are all the areas that it can be better. We should do this so that, you know, mm-hmm. the church is even better or, mm-hmm. you know, your session will go better person because they're a type such and such, mm-hmm. but there's, yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve there with that. And there's a learning curve with me realizing, you know, I just, the other day we kind of got into a fight because I was mm-hmm. upset that I had all these emotions I needed to deal with. And he was being very logical 
which is fine. And it makes sense for me. But, you know, at one point he kind of taps out and, you know, he just opens his laptop and starts doing his stuff. And, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been totally livid over that. And now I'm just realizing in the back of my head, okay, he, he's had enough of the emotions. He has to take a break. He's getting overwhelmed. He's got to stop for a bit. And he's always really good about eventually coming back. And, you know, even if it's half an hour or two hours later, you know, he'll come back with either an explanation or more details to, you know, explain things better, which is good because honestly, I probably need the extra time anyways to sort out my own emotions because that can take a while for me to dig four as a one because I like to suppress and repress my emotions, <laughs> at least the bad ones. <laughs> right. So it you're able to go, okay, this is really hard in the moment, but a long-term game now that you've been doing it for 10 years plus, you're going, okay, I can see how this actually works because I need some time and thought and I need to sort things out. And he's overstimulated, overwhelmed, flooded. So that's a good word for those married to fives or ones is give them some time. And I do think that's something you guys can do is if you're unhappy, you can let it sit without running in how, you know, some of us more aggressive types do. Is that true? (laughs) Yeah, I, I really do. Like, I'm sure there's nuances on certain types, especially, you know, if you're a more feely one, I feel like they're a little bit more inclined to need things hashed out quicker. Um, But overall, I think, yeah, we can let things sit for a little bit. There is a tendency for both of us to keep things in that are annoying or bothering us for Mm -hmm. so long Mm -hmm. that eventually we just snap, especially me. I think my husband, either he has a longer range or Mm -hmm. he doesn't snap as much as me, (laughs) but but I'll hold things in that are bothering me so much. And it's almost always rooted in the, this is right. I suck it up because he's having a hard time and he doesn't need more of this from me. And, you know, I'll try and do the good, right wife thing. Yeah. And, you know, in the small things, that's fine. But eventually things add up and, and I have to realize that the right thing actually would have been to clue him in earlier before mm-hmm. I break and I melt down. And now he has this big wife problem instead of a tiny wife problem. <laughs> Aww, and that is just so beautiful for you to consider him first when you're going through your mind. And I want our listeners to hear that and note that she just said something important that she does, but yet you're also saying, Brittany, like, but I do it for too long. <laughs> like yeah. maybe I yeah. should it's, be like that for a, a day or thing, two, but, but like, yeah, yeah. Or an hour or two, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, now I'm blowing up at him and that's not good either. Right. And a five. Well, before I ask this, what is your subtype or your stacking order? So that the listeners can relate. Yeah. So I am a social dominantly. So I'm a social self-prez is my second And my husband, we actually haven't pegged down his subtype. You know, you would think I would know being an Enneagram coach, but he's hard to peg down, especially I think in the sense that, you know, you'll read all these different types and it's, I can see parts of him in all of them. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure social is his blind spot. That that seems pretty obvious because that is actually where, um, especially like this last year, we've had a lot of conflict come up is because I'm dominant in what he is not mm-hmm. on his radar at all. And so, you know, we'll, <laughs> he'll be ready to leave a party and he's like, yeah, I cleared it with them. They're fine with us leaving. I'm like, but this is 
your sister's wedding. We need to be here to help clean up. Even though they said it was okay, we should be here. Right. <laughs> so that, that's been an interesting newer revelation for us is realizing that even those dynamics can cause us conflict where I'm dominant and he's in his blind spot and probably vice versa. Because I think sexual is probably his secondary type. I think he's probably mm-hmm. self pres and then sexual, mm-hmm. um, but sexual is my blind spot. And so, you know, he's much more wanting to connect and, and be intimate as much as a five does. And yeah, <laughs> and that's like the last thing on my radar, you know, I've got a long laundry list of things to do. I'm like, okay, we can just sit in the couch and chill. But like, yeah, that's all I got the bandwidth for. I have all these other things to do intimacy. I don't really need that much. So let's just keep chugging along. Um, yeah. about it. But occasionally he's like, you know, like I'm tired of being the one always doing everything. And it's like, oh, oh you're right. <laughs> you shouldn't be the one doing everything. Right. So I love that you're aware of it. And I think yeah. that, like sometimes that's as good as it gets. Like we're not trying to scare young marrieds off, but like be aware of it and then baby step toward it. Cause it's still hard, even knowing and being coaches. Sometimes you're like, yep, I saw myself do that. <laughs> and you're yeah, not past exactly. that. Yeah, yet. Just the awareness is so mm-hmm. key. Cause you're right. Like there's so many things that I can't even now change about the yeah. way I am and how I do things, especially cause for me, it would feel hypocritical. <laughs> like I'm trying to fake it and I can't do that as a one, but just the awareness and little by little through the years, you know, I'm picking up tiny pieces that, you know, most people would not even take a look at because they're so small, but mm-hmm. the awareness just gives so much more grace to the situation. <laughs> Yeah, it does. And it's like, there's an awareness to your spouse too, where now you can say, I'm sorry, I get stuck here. And that's so different from before you really do your Enneagram work. And some people do this without Enneagram. They just are awesome at working on themselves, but I really liked having this tool. So that is fascinating. And I know I could ask Brittany all day questions about her glow. I just want to transition though, because she has so much wisdom to share with us, as I already told you guys. And I hope you know it because I hope that even as you're listening, that you've scrolled off a little bit to her Instagram page (laughs) because she's got this amazing account, but come back to us now. If you've scrolled off, because now we're going to talk about something very important. She's going to teach us about the harmonic groups of the Enneagram. And a lot of you aren't familiar with this. So I'm super excited to dig in. It's going to help us in our conflict styles better. So can you tell us a little bit about that, Brittany? Yeah. So one of the the key parts of the Enneagram that I love to tell married people, I mean, it's good for any relationship, but especially married people is about harmonic groups, which is the Enneagram put in the groups to explain how we handle conflict, a triadic group. So there are three groups and you'll find three Enneagram types in each group, but marriage comes with conflict and knowing how (laughs) each of you handle the conflict can give you grace for your spouse while you're in that conflict and mm-hmm. knowledge about your own tendencies so that you can keep them from perspective. Huge. Otherwise, you know, you'll just keep going on your own rut and keep getting upset with each other mm-hmm. for being themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the conflict styles, I think are such a huge eye opener in marriage work. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there are three and traditionally they're called harmonic groups, but they're based on the conflict. They're based on how each type handles conflict or they approach conflict to, you know, Mm -hmm. deal with it. The three types are the competency group, 
the positive outlook group and the reactive group. Although the reactive group, they, they, they get a multitude of names so that they can all be happy depending on which they like. So they can oh. be the reactive group. They're also known as the emotional realness group mm-hmm. or sometimes the intensity group. Mm-hmm. And I think as I explain which types are in there, you can probably realize like there's probably certain types that prefer one of those. Yes, <laughs> I can. I'm already thinking about eight saying, can we call this passionate? I don't, anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Or passion. Yeah. Like it, the same idea, but different titles. It's all semantics mm-hmm. on that one. But yeah, so I'll, I'll just kind of work through the different groups. Perfect. So the first group I'll go through is actually mine. The ones, threes, and fives are all in the competency group. Mm-hmm. And while they have slight nuances on how they handle the conflict, mm-hmm. they all share in the same similarity that they either repress emotions or they detach from emotions and feelings mm. in order to build the conflict in an orderly and timely manner. Mm. So I think we kind of even hinted that before um, yeah. in the beginning of this podcast where we'll, we'll lay aside the feelings mm-hmm. so that we can solve our problem or what we're working through very quickly mm-hmm. and efficiently and logically. Yeah. Um, you and your hubby are both in this group. We right? are both in this group. Triad, which I actually think is a great blessing because it yeah. means we at least kind of see eye to eye on conflict. It is nice. We obviously to have our different nuanced ways, but um, we're <laughs> not really butting heads because we're like, oh yeah, let's, that makes sense. Squash the emotions and plow on through and just solve it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it works really well for us, but obviously like you can see like if, if your spouse was not a competency, that's going to cause some issues because they want the feelings and, you know, a competency type does not want the feelings. They just cloud Mm -hmm. things and slow it down. So Mm -hmm. knowing that can be really, really insightful on understanding the differences on how you're handling this conflict because you're not necessarily handling them badly. You're just handling them differently. So Mm -hmm. that is really, really helpful to just keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot harder to keep in mind during conflict unless you're really like reviewing it and trying to cement it in your brain, which is why I usually try and tell married couples to really learn, learn, learn their spouses, you know, type and their conflict groups and all these different things, because in the heat Mm -hmm. of the moment, you're going to forget. But the more you keep being aware of it and learning it, the more you'll be able to remember while you're having a fight and be like, Oh yeah, they're that group. They're not being mean to me. They don't hate me. They don't care. It's just, Mm -hmm. they're different. Wow. No, that makes sense. And so you're saying they want to be competent though, if they're in this group, this is the most important thing when they're having conflict is that they're seen as a competent individual. Right. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. And even just, you know, we all, the ones, threes and fives, we don't necessarily love dealing with the feelings either. And so Mm -hmm. it, it allows us in the negative side of things to ignore the feelings and not have to deal with the feeling work. and solve it easily so it doesn't hurt us as much. So as we kind of go through these, you'll realize there's very much a pro side and a con side to how you handle your your conflict. So the competency, you know, we get the job done, but we might be lacking in the feeling and actually like the the deeper, harder work that should be going on at the same time. At least mm-hmm. that is the tendency or the default. <laughs> okay. So this group might miss some of the bigger things. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Some of the big picture. Cause you're going kind of line by line through the details. Yeah. Or even just the, you know, the more relational side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not too bad if you're dealing with another competency type, but if you're dealing with somebody who's not, they yeah. can feel just, you know, 
bulldozed over or like they don't matter or even, you know, well, you solved the problem, but I'm still really, really hurt. Why wasn't that a big deal to you? And they're like, well, it was, but we just solved it instead. Yes. And I envy those in the competency group for this reason. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good group to be. Like I said, I I'm really glad I'm married to my husband just because we understand the same wavelength there of like, okay, we're not stepping on each other's toes because this is how we both are. Yeah. Why is this Um, reminding me of the Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson group? And this is like the one that they're saying, it's just so, that's a whole other thing. So (laughs) go ahead and reveal some more. Yeah. (laughs) I'm definitely biased to that group, but obviously that's because it's my group, but I'll I'll go into the other groups so you guys (laughs) can actually understand the other ones too. Okay. Perfect. Um, So four, six, eights, are all in our reactive group, or like I said, they can be called the emotional realness group or the intensity group. You can kind of see, like, I initially want to say intensity group for eights. Um, Mm -hmm. Even reactive can kind of carry that slightly negative connotation. And so even emotional realness can feel like a more acceptable answer. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But but generally the idea is they're all going to be approaching conflict with strong reactions. They'll mm-hmm. all have their own nuance, obviously, because four, sixes, and eights are pretty different from each other, especially yeah. in the reactions. But internally, at least, if not verbally saying it, they're the type that are going to think, this is a big deal to me. Why isn't it a big deal to you? And so, you know, like even right there, you can see that's not going to work if you're dealing with a competency type because mm-hmm. it is a big deal, but it's not emotionally a big deal to a competent exactly, type. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. they're going to feel like you don't care if you're not reacting to this. Mm-hmm. And so just even keeping that in mind, you know, can really help mm-hmm. both spouses get through a conflict of understanding mm-hmm. that, okay, reactions and big emotions are really important to you to understand that I actually love you. I'm not naturally that way. So I need to, Mm -hmm. you know, show that this is hard for me or I am hurt or whatever, even if I am defaulting to, you know, being competent or something Mm -hmm. in the same way, you know, the reactive type can understand that it's not that they don't care. It's just, they care differently. Ooh, Um, that's a great way of saying it. (laughs) Yes. Wow. That's huge. That is revolutionary. If you can start thinking about your marriage like that, it's not that they don't care. It's that they care differently. Yeah. Which I think is the great thing about the Enneagram is everybody has kind of that same level of care, you know, and they're different levels, but they all care. It's just, we have nine different ways of showing it or nine different ways of handling things. And mm-hmm. so it's not like you, you you just can't say, well, you don't care about this, or, mm-hmm. you know, they might care maybe slightly less than you, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean they don't care. And mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to them. It's just, they handle it different and they react to it different. That makes so much sense. And I know that with people in that group, I do tend to move away a little bit and go toward my withdrawing stance sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I hear you when you say this group gets really frustrated when people don't seem to appreciate the bigness of what's happening. And so we right. just all have to be mindful of as much as we may want to go into self-preserving mode or withdrawing, or in this case, the competency group, um, positive outlook group, we're going to need to remember this so that we have, like you said at the beginning, more compassion. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the last group. Yes, your, your group. <laughs> so twos, sevens, and nines mm-hmm. are all in the positive outlook group. 
mm-hmm. um, which I, it doesn't seem like that's very much of a surprise. I think if you know a two, seven or nine, they're quite positive people usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so true. they deal with conflict by focusing on the bright side of things, or they put mm-hmm. emphasis on the positives that they either coming out of the conflict, like this is really hard, but we're going to be better out of it, you know, that kind of a thing, or, mm-hmm. or the positives that they're bringing to it of, um, you know, especially with like the twos, it's, it can often be, you know, I I'm bringing a lot to this table, even though this is a horrible conflict here, are the good yeah. things that are coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's a great thing because otherwise it'd be very doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. And so having those positives is a great, great thing. The downside mm-hmm. of it is they might ignore the actual problem or not dig deep enough because, you know, you don't want to mm-hmm. deal with those negative yucky feelings or problems and you want to keep it happy and positive. And so, yeah, like you said, even with the reactive group, a positive outlook group, they might not love the reactive side because it's bringing up all the, the negative or the hard and messy emotions. And they're going to be like, no, 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 let's just think on the bright side of things and everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that can get in the problem. Or, you know, if it's a positive outlook type with a competency type, the positive outlook is going to maybe not look at the details that the competency type wants to solve and get done. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh no, it's all right. It'll be okay. And the, Mm -hmm. you know, the competency is like, no, 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 we got to do this and this and this, and they don't want to have to do this and this and this. They want to just, you know, keep it okay and positive. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And we can really miss things by keeping it light. Mm -hmm. As you said, those important details, or we can, really forget to react big because we're just going, okay, then I'll go away. Cause I'm a nine or I'll find the bright side. Cause I'm a two or a seven and it's just missing the depths. So the problem solving the positive outlook group misses the competency group and they miss the reactivity group both. So is it kind of the goal with these that we want to hit all of them? <laughs> that, that was my next point. Um, oh I think, gosh, cool. you know, first level of understanding harmonic groups or your conflict style is just understanding you and your spouse's types so that you can kind of keep it in the back of your mind while you're dealing with the conflict. Mm -hmm. But the next step would be to learn how to incorporate all three of those groups into the Mm -hmm. way you handle it. Because each of the types, like I said, has their, their positives, but they also come with a downside to them. And so to holistically handle your conflict, Mm -hmm. you'd want to be competent and still have the emotions of a reactive group and still have the positive outlook side so that things aren't, um, like I said, doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. Um, You want all three of those so that the conflict can be fully. Yes. And earlier today, we were saying the awareness is part of it. Mm -hmm. Is that the main tip for people is be aware and try to balance? Or do you think there's really specific tips like writing this down or remembering it in a specific way or taking deep breaths. What do you usually recommend when people are kind of just at that beginning phase of, I want to do this differently. How can I remember how? I, well, I think that probably would depend on the type of people. Um, Mm. I know there are the types who love, you know, sticky notes so that they have that visual constant reminder. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate clutter, so I can't do that. Um, (laughs) um, There are the other types who they, they can really remember things, you know, like a five or a one or some of these other heady types Mm -hmm. that just doing a deep dive into understanding their spouses or their own types and, you know, Mm -hmm. reading all the books and watching all the podcast or all the videos Mm -hmm. and podcasts Mm -hmm. um, cemented in through all of those Mm -hmm. different uh, learning ways. Mm -hmm. Um, 
obviously doing your own growth work will really give you that tangible connection of, you know, taking your last conflict and seeing how you handled it and Mm -hmm. maybe where you guys disconnected a little bit and things seemed to go wrong, even though, you know, in hindsight, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. Why did you guys go off course? Mm -hmm. Um, Or even looking at how your spouse seems to handle conflict all the time and just Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, the more you dissect those things, the more it'll be obvious the next time you see them, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, it feels very sciencey, but the Mm -hmm. more you notice the tendencies of this in nature, you'll notice it instantly when you see it again somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so just, yeah, the kind of constantly going over, really being aware of, um, I think I said this in the beginning, but just the more you really look into it, because, you know, one time reading, it's probably not going to stick with you, especially in the heat of a conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, our our defense mechanisms kick in way too strongly for us to remember, oh, what about the other person? How do they handle this? How are they reacting to how I'm handling it? the defense mechanisms just take over way too fast. Mm. And so the more you kind of train yourself, the more likely you're going to at least be in the back of your mind remembering, okay, this is how I'm handling it. This is how I actually want to handle it. But my spouse needs something else or Mm -hmm. my spouse reacts better to something else. That's true. And it's going to help you to not reframe it as my spouse doesn't care if they're the positive outlook group or the competency group. And then if your spouse is the reactivity group, it's going to help you not to say, oh, they're just too controlling. Instead, you'll be able to say, okay, this is their way of dealing and they're trying to solve it. And they're bringing this intensity or this logic or this positivity because these are all great and important elements, but we have to sift out together. And I think it's helpful when couples go to a place like your husband and you, for help, because a lot of the time, what I've noticed couples do in sessions is they want to hash out an argument they've already had. And that's very important to their process for moving forward. And sometimes it irritates one of the spouses because they're like, we were already here, but then they're like, well, why are we paying this person if we're just going to have fun? (laughs) So they go through and they want to hash it out. And exactly what you're saying reminds me of that because they need to do that so that they can move forward well to say, wait, what did we miss last time? And so that's Mm -hmm. an important way. Yes, we need our John Gottman tips and we need to be communicative and good listeners, but also to listen with this lens of the harmonic groups, that's why I wanted to have Brittany on so she could help us with this blind spot that I think a lot of us have with the Enneagram. Because in terms of Enneagram, I think the the harmonic groups, all the the more nuancey groups, we don't talk about them as often, but they are. They're so helpful mm-hmm. in especially these more relational. Thank you. Uh, areas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you've got great info on it, and that's probably why your account is called Enneagram Explained, right? It is. Yeah. That, uh, that was my husband's title, but it's very much, uh, my style of explain. I've even realized like I've, I've been doing this for about over two years, I guess now. Mm-hmm. And I've realized I'm not so much the type of coach who wants to have tons of face-to-face coaching sessions, mainly because I'm actually really introverted. And I feel like it would take me a long time to actually understand somebody enough to really coach them. Mm-hmm. But it is so much my wheelhouse of explaining it out and putting it out there so people can read for themselves and having Mm -hmm. physical blog posts and stuff so that they can actually find all this information. It's it's out there. You have to dig through all the books and stuff, but Mm -hmm. in this day and age, lots of people would rather have something on the internet or Mm -hmm. something even quick and fun like Instagram. Not Mm -hmm. that my, my Mm -hmm. Instagram is a 
mostly intellectual side with occasional fun quote series just to yes. keep it slightly yes. light. Oh, I love that. Safety is so important to me. So when I can safely say she knows what she's talking about, she catches details. It's a really big gift. So I love that you add that to the table and you have a very successful account. So I know our listeners are going to learn a lot from you. And what do you think as far as just because this is such your wheelhouse that people really do. And I don't mean this rude. This is a very one question, but (laughs) what do you think people do wrong with the Enneagram? Because I think we do our best and I'm not judging anybody, but what are some things that are cautionary uh, tales for people doing their Enneagram work? Good question. So I think I'm going to have to go with two. The first one's much simpler, although harder to do is just to not use your type as a a defense for the way you are. You know, I, I just do this because I'm a one or I can't handle not doing it properly because I'm a one, you know, it's sure that might be why you can't handle it, but that doesn't mean you're pigeonholed to that. You have to actually, I mean, the Enneagram is almost focuses on your flaws in your type so that you have a reason to grow. If it was all just, this is how you are. And this Mm -hmm. is all the good stuff. We would never want to grow and we would just be all stuck Mm -hmm. in our nine little numbers. So Mm -hmm. I do actually like, even though that's hard for people, is that the Enneagram almost focuses on just the negatives. Mm -hmm. It it balances it out with Mm -hmm. the positives, but it seems to like to communicate the downsides of our type. So that we have a reason. Chestnut say that too. That's funny that you say that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that's one of the biggest ones, especially with how the Enneagram is kind of getting trendy. It can be very easy to be like, oh yeah, that's what I am. And just that's it there. They have their number and they're never going to bother doing the growth work, Mm. but the growth work is essential and so good when you, when you actually start incorporating it. So that's one of the big things I see that's going wrong. But the other one that isn't necessarily wrong, but something I find people have a hard time when they're trying to find their type Mm -hmm. is they get so hung up in the traits or the descriptions even of their type, the, you know, the nine types while they're trying to find their type Mm -hmm. that they don't actually understand that your type is determined by your motivation because Mm -hmm. you can be any type perfectionist or you can be a creative type who isn't a type four. Mm. Um, wow. Yes. Or, you know, a very, you could actually be an extroverted five, you know, they're rare, mm-hmm. but they do exist. Mm-hmm. And so if you disqualify being a five, just because you're extroverted, you're going to actually miss properly typing yourself. And so, you know, the tests are great because they kind of help narrow things down, but mm-hmm. they aren't foolproof because they're kind of trait based. And honestly, I think that's probably just because we don't have a great way of testing motivations. It's mm-hmm. a little bit harder to do, mm-hmm. um, especially over a computer. That's why it's better to just take the top few scores from a test and really kind of like deep dive into to the motivations of those types and mm-hmm. see which one is actually at the root of everything that you're doing. Or if you have a few, you know, which one might be the surface level motivation and which one is actually mm-hmm. the, the root of everything. Or sometimes one kind of even feeds into the other. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling somebody the other day, I'm a one wing nine. And so I can't be right or I can't be at peace unless I'm right. And so that nine wing can't even happen if I don't have my one's desire, 
Whereas the opposite is not true. I can't be at peace if I'm not right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to have that ultimate core one. Being at peace is great, but I'd much rather be right than at peace mm-hmm. with other people and stuff. If I don't have the right, I'm not, I, I'm not a one. <laughs> I have to have that in there. Whereas obviously, you know, the other types are like, well, being right's nice, but this is essential to me. And so you sometimes have to dig really deep. I mean, I mistyped as a type six before, actually because my dad was a type six and he ingrained a lot of it on me. It's in my tri type. So that took a lot of digging to realize that safety and security and support is really important to me, but it's important because I want to get things right. So like I need to be well prepared and think of all the worst case scenarios, but it's because I need to get things right if and when they do happen not so that I can feel safe. I have to get it right. And so that was the like difference there for me between I'm not a six because that wasn't the ultimate goal. It was being right. (laughs) Ooh, that's so helpful for people who are on the fence. And this might even be revolutionary as you talk so creatively about wings too. I love this. Thank you so much for sharing that there are so many nuances to finding your type. And I love how you gift people with that reminder of sorting through your top three types Mm -hmm. and then looking at your wings carefully, but understanding which is dominant. And then, like you said, the core motivations, which I noticed you have on your Enneagramexplained.com as well. So they can find this information at Instagram or there, which is awesome. What do you feel like you have as we close for couples who might be so similarly wired to you with the one gifting or one wing nine, or even one wing twos are similar enough and the five pairing. Is there anything that you think, gosh, if I could have known this five or 10 years ago, I would have loved to know this. Oh goodness. I mean, there's so many, like the, the minor details of traits, like knowing that my husband's not selfish when he has to go recharge and it's actually essential for him to be a part of our, our family life. Yes. You know, that took a while to learn those kind of trait differences, I think was really, it would have been good to know, you know, 15 years ago. But I think the, the one thing that I really love that we're learning to use each other's talents for bettering ourselves or helping ourselves is our stances, which I feel like you might have a podcast on this about, but this is a whole nother deep dive. This is I know. Good, so much um, fun. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I, as a one am thinking repressed, which does not mean I don't think, but I just, I think in black and white and it gets very hamster wheel, like where I'm stuck mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas my husband is in the thinking triad. So he is thinking dominant. And so mm-hmm. we've realized that um, especially like this last season of COVID and everything, taking a walk with him and processing things verbally with him while he is bringing his logic into things and helping me see that there's another way off of the hamster wheel has been so helpful for me just in terms of not getting stuck in that black and white, but also it's given me a lot more access to the gray because Mm -hmm. as a one gray does not exist in my world, everything has to be black or white. And just even that has been, I, I just, I feel like I've grown by leaps and bounds through that, but um, the one five pairing is really unique in the fact that I am doing dominant, mm-hmm. um, being in the, you know, the doing gut triad and he is doing repressed, which yeah. doesn't mean he doesn't do anything. It just means he tends to think and research and, you know, try and get as much knowledge into him so he can be capable. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he might finally do, but he could have done everything earlier or like the funny example I give is, you know, he talked about getting a schedule for himself for like a year 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I just got a schedule, I could, you know, have more time to do everything and I get it done. I'm like, he spent a year telling me that on and off. And finally, I'm like, can I just do it for you? And, you know, I cranked it out in like two days and he had it all there. It was all color- colorful and, you know, it was just, I, I was able to get it done for him. You know, I couldn't do everything for him, but certain like menial tasks or even just helping him realize, okay, you've prepared for your sermon for like two weeks mm-hmm. and he'll feel like he needs, you know, just some more. And yeah. to be fair, his sermon will probably be better if he has just some more, but mm-hmm. he's also super surprised every time where he realizes I had enough. Like mm-hmm. this actually was enough to do a really good job. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to keep preparing. And so there's, there's been a lot of learning on both sides of those of leaning into each other's strengths and being each other's training wheels so that hopefully we can do this on our own, but yeah. our spouse can be our training wheels while we're learning it. My gosh. And I think your reach is so much farther and brighter when you do it together. That's just awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Because I know now everybody's like, I want more info. Like we're all in our five world. And so, and you even (laughs) said earlier, you're like, I can be very five-ish and I can see that about you. (laughs) So tell us, yes, where we can find you. Yeah. So most of my constant posting. My daily posting is on Instagram. So you can find mm-hmm. me at Enneagram explained. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a website cause I wanted something permanent that people could find the long form with a little bit more details or they can pin it so that they can keep track of it. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's the website, which is just Enneagram explained.com. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, I've got a post on core motivations. I've got a post on how to mm-hmm. confirm your type. I've got a post on the harmonic groups so that they can find all the actual details there too. All the big important ones I've made sure to get on there. It's still growing, but. (laughs) Well, I noticed that and I loved it. And I'm going to just squirrel off and say, she's also got harmony groups and all these things I shouldn't say to confuse people. But as a seven that I have to be excited and enthusiastic for all of the info that's there for you guys and my little five corner of my mind telling you like, go research. She knows it all. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. This has been amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I hope we get to do it again sometime. Definitely. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. That was really refreshing to hear from Brittany about things that can be very confusing for people just learning the Enneagram. And sometimes they take it for granted that people are stepping onto this podcast having listened to all of the previous podcasts and they haven't. And one thing I love about the way Brittany runs her account is that she continues to cycle through the most important elements of the Enneagram. If you need a refresher, and let's just be honest that as much as we want to do our tri-type work, and we want to do our wing work and our even our arrow work. The most important things are learning about our actual type and just trying to work on the health and the passions and the fixations of that type. So Brittany brings you to all of this, including the harmonic groups that we got to learn about today for relationship conflict. But she brings us back to the most important lessons again and again and again. So that's why we need more than one personality type out there. And that's why we need her for sure. And how fun to hear that her husband helped her to come up with the name of her account and that the two of them together are really good at explaining, sharing wisdom with others, 
Thank you to all the one fives out there for doing this with us. And we're so glad you have one another to find respite in. I hope that you guys who are interested in learning more about Enneagram and relationship work will step into my course with me. You can visit enneagramandmarriage.com. We're at the fun place where I'm getting to know course members and yet you still have through May 13th to join. How fun to be able to get to work with others who are passionate about helping couples in their churches, in their home lives, or in their practices. So join us at enneagramandmarriage.com to hear more details or to sign up. And I so look forward to hearing how you liked this 1-5 Glow Pairing episode. Really, really cool to have Brittany and all of her expertise. I so appreciate the way she refines the world. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.